Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. It's application season here at the Darden School of Business, and things are very much in full swing. We have a number of upcoming admissions events, showcases here in Charlottesville, and our round one deadline is right around the corner. Of course, if you're working on a round one application, you know this date well, but the deadline is for October. And in the spirit of the season, I recently invited two of my admissions colleagues, my boss, Donna Clark, as well as Cheryl Jones, uh, two people you likely know well, here on the podcast to share their admissions tips and wisdom. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Donna Clark and Cheryl Jones. Donna, Cheryl, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Brett. Thank you, Brett. Thanks for having us. All right. So, Donna, you're a repeat guest now on the podcast. Uh, But for our new listeners, tell us about you. Who are you? What do you do here? Great. Well, um, my name is Donna Clark. I'm the Executive Director of Admissions here at Darden. I worked at Darden from 1990 to 2005 and then left for a little over 11 years. I was at the Tuck School and came back two years ago. I'm really thrilled to be back at Darden and to have the honor of representing the school. So happy to be here. And Cheryl, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Um, Tell us about you. How long have you been here? Oh, my goodness. I've been here a long time. Um, I'm in my 27th year at Darden. I'm in my third life at Darden. I've left Darden a couple of times but came back. Glad to be back. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, let's start with you, Cheryl. What do you enjoy about the work that you do here? Yeah. I love the variety of it. Every day is different. I get to meet some fabulous people who have fabulous careers. And um, I just love the variety and every day working with our team and uh, all of the aspects of the job. Uh, That's one of the great things about admissions. It's constantly changing every year. It's a new year. Uh, And even within a cycle, there's sort of seasons. Uh, We are in probably one of the busiest seasons right now, ramping up for our round one deadline, which is right around the corner. Um, For our listeners who may be working on a round one application, uh, what are your best application tips? Donna, what's uh, something you always encourage applicants to think about? Sure. I would say um, just just a sort of big picture framing that so many times when I'm out on the road, I hear alumni say that Darden was the best two years of their life. And so I guess as people are in this home stretch, finishing their essays, maybe retaking a test, communicating with recommenders, I would just try to take a step back and um, stay really positive about what an exciting journey you're about to embark on. We have the benefit, all of us who have been here for a long time, of seeing students who are prospective students, current students, and then our, our, our alumni. And what a great experience to refer to it as two of the best years of your life and so so transformative. So I guess my best tip right now is that it is a lot of work. It's a lot of energy. It's money. It's time away from work. But just really to enjoy being on the brink of such a transformational experience and, and, and stay really positive and, and not to, to, to do your best not to get stressed out by it. I think we're all in this because we're people, people, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Cheryl just mentioned she loves interacting with the prospective students that we find meeting students and hearing their stories and interviews and essays to be really inspiring. So, you know, we're looking forward to reviewing the application. So it's my, my, you know, yeah. big picture orientation in the next, in the final, final push to the round one deadline. Sure. I mean, 
For many, I mean, for almost all of our candidates, the decision to apply to even submit an application is the culmination of, of, of a lot of dreaming and planning. And you've been thinking about this for a few years, uh, typically, for right. most people. And so even that is an exciting moment. I know a lot of mm-hmm. people feel like the work is really only just beginning because there's interviews and obviously potential decisions to make. But um, what, an, what an exciting process. Exactly. How about you, Cheryl? Yeah, you know, as you're going through the application process, you know, you're reflecting on where you've been, what you've done, where you want to go. Um, so I think that that process is really important. Take your time. Be authentic. Be who you are, not what you think an admissions committee wants you to be. Um, and so as you're crafting your story, you know, come prepared. Um, but most of all, be ready. You know, if, if you're not ready, quite ready for round one, then think about round two or round three. So most of all, be, be ready. Um, put your best foot forward. Such a good point about being who you are and being less concerned about who you think we want you to be. Uh, that seems to be one of the big challenges applicants have. I had a lot of phone conversations over the past few weeks with prospective students who are working on an application. And I think there is a tendency, particularly with the short answer questions, to focus on the admissions committee rather than what candidates mm-hmm. affirmatively maybe want to share with us there. Donna, how do you encourage people to think through that? The sort of focus on you, not on us. Sure. Well, I think that there are some common themes that we look at in applicants. So at Darden, it really helps to have strong interpersonal skills and communication skills to be successful. And those are skills that are really helpful to have long-term in leadership as well as team skills, leadership skills. But I'm a big believer that people can shine for different reasons. So to Cheryl's point, be authentic. Think about, you know, what is it about your background, your accomplishments, who you are that you're most excited about conveying to us. We see applicants who shine for different reasons. And I think um, I enjoy reading the applications um, that are authentic and in which you felt like you really got to know the person. So somebody may stand out because of the industry that they're coming from. Somebody may stand out because of their global experiences. Somebody may have overcome some adversity and shown great resilience. Um, some people may have expertise in an area that would add such diversity to the class. I mean, there's so many different ways to stand out. So I think just asking yourself, what is it about my background that I'm most excited to convey and find a way to, to convey it, even if it's an optional essay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, great thing about the application is it's an initial introduction to a candidate, right? We're getting sort of a, a pretty broad picture of who you are and who you might be in our classroom. And, and the goal is for us to read that and think, gosh, this is somebody I would like to talk to a little bit more and invite for an interview. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about interviewing. So round one, in contrast to early action where there's an open interview uh, period, round one, it's by invitation only. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheryl, what do you encourage candidates to think about, you know, if they're invited for an interview? How do, how do you put your best foot forward? Yeah. Um, I think come prepared to know, to, to tell your story and tell an interesting and compelling story, hopefully. Um, but, you know, be yourself. You know your story best. We don't need to look at your resume. We're not going to look at your resume before the interview. We're not going to look at it during the interview. So come ready to tell your story and, um, you know, put your best foot forward, smile, firm handshake, be confident, enjoy your day here. Look at the interview as a time for you to shine and to tell your story Um, and, and enjoy every moment of your day here. Meet students, meet faculty, attend a class, go on a tour, take lunch, 
here. Spend a day. Plan that. Um, and I think you will leave here really happy about your experience. And uh, as you noted um, in your comments, our interviews are blind, which means different mm-hmm. things at mm-hmm. different schools. At some schools, that means the interviewer's only seen your resume. Here, it means the interviewer doesn't know anything about you at all, um, which is fun for us, I yeah. think. It's a bit of a reveal as you get into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donna, any interview tips that you encourage candidates to keep in mind? Well, the interview is really intended to try to assess qualities that are more difficult to assess on the basis of a written application. So again, I think applicants should be really relieved and uh, happy that we screen so carefully for interpersonal skills, communication skills, maturity, team skills. Those are the types of people I think most of us would want to be in school with. Um our, inf- our interviews are intentionally pretty relaxed and conversational. I think we believe that a person is more likely to be able to be authentic if if we're sort of more more relaxed and conversational. It doesn't mean that the interviewer doesn't have some really great penetrating questions, but most people say, oh, I really enjoyed that. That was conversational in nature. Again, like the essays, I would probably make a list of, you know, what are the things that I would really like to convey in this interview, and hopefully there will be an opportunity at some point to be prompted. Um, one of the questions that I like to ask when I interview at the end is, is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you were hoping to talk about? Um, that is an opportunity, if there is something that didn't come out, for, for you to have a chance to get that in. If your interviewer doesn't ask that question, there is a polite way to say it then, hey, there's one more thing I'd really like you to know about my background, so don't be afraid to be, you know, initiate you know, something that that may not have come out yet. When I first came to Darden, I had an opportunity to sit in on interviews. This is how every admissions person Mm -hmm. starts and observe different interviews. Everyone has their own style, which Mm -hmm. I always remind candidates not to be unnerved by that, right? Because you can have your interview, then go to lunch and talk to some other perspectives. How did it go? What was your interview like? Wildly different experiences. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl, any thoughts on that? Yeah. And you know what? Every interview is different. Um, you know, I, I generally try to lay out a guideline, give them a time, you know, time period to complete it. And, um, you know, Every interview unfolds differently. Sometimes, you know, you need to prompt or probe a little bit more, but, you know, that's okay. Um, I always like to allow time for questions at the end. Um, but, yeah, every every interview is different. Um, but like I said earlier, enjoy your interview. It's a time for you to shine. And one of the things you, you also noted, and Donna, I'm curious about, about your thoughts on this. I mean, the application process forces a lot of introspection mm-hmm. for candidates. Hear that from a lot of people that – they actually enjoyed the process, um, that it forced them to think really deeply about what they had done and, and kind of take stock of it. Right. Uh, any any thoughts on that? I do hear that a lot after the process is over. <laughs> you know, I don't know that people appreciate the introspection while you're in the thick of it. And we do have a lot of respect for how much time, money, you know, effort, stress is putting your put, applicants are putting into studying for tests and writing these drafts of essays and things. Thinking through who to write the recommendation and nudging the recommenders and things, but I we do all hear that a lot mm-hmm. after the fact. So know that afterward you're probably going to feel like you know good about how much thought you put into whether this step you know makes sense for you. But yes, I hear that quite quite a bit. We did this year and last year intentionally ask 
more essay questions, but shorter essay questions. We didn't want the application to be too daunting, but at the same time, we want you to feel like, hey, they gave me an opportunity to really get to know me. So we ask a question about leadership and impact. Um, diversity and inclusion are really important values at the school. So there is a question about diversity and inclusion. I love the essay question that asks you to introduce yourself to the your, your learning team to see you know what people say. I, I do like the fact that we have a variety of essays that touch on different aspects of a person's background. And that really is intended for the applicant to have the feeling like, hey, I was able to put my best foot forward, show these different areas of myself and give us the opportunity to get to know you more holistically. I, again, um, the people on the receiving end, so many of us say it's inspiring. I mean, I, I the, some of the stories you read are just, it's, it's an honor, it's a joy. Some of the people that we meet, um, I think interviews in general tend to help people more more than you know hurt them. Um, so I hope that answers your yeah, question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is in addition to uh, round one uh, coming up, the deadline coming up. Uh, we're also in the midst of our early action round. These two rounds overlap. <laughs> uh, we're reading files uh, right now, interviewing early action candidates, mm-hmm. and we have a bunch of events coming up. So, right. Donna, you're hitting the road soon? Yes, I leave this weekend for some events next week in New York City on Tuesday night and Thursday night. So if you're in New York um, on Tuesday or Boston on Thursday, uh, we'll be on the road. Lots of upcoming events that are all you know listed on our website, but i uh, love to go out and interact with prospective students. And so I believe the dean will be at yes. the event in New York, which yeah. is always exciting, and case discussion. Right. Um, how do you encourage candidates to make the most of these kind of events? It can be a little daunting walking <laughs> in a room. Uh, I mean, Darden <laughs> alumni are known for being really, really open and, and friendly. Um, but, you know, you're a new prospective student. You're walking in to an event in New York. How do you make the most of it? Sure. Oh, that's, that's a really great point. I think we go into these events with empathy and trying to welcome people. So know that we have plenty of alumni there and usually staff to help <laughs> greet you and have a good entry in, into um, the event. One of the things that I'm excited about the, about the case discussions is that so many of us are wildly passionate about the quality of the educational experience at Darden and how well known our faculty are for being um, high-quality teaching faculty. So as you look at various rankings, The Economist, Bloomberg, Business Week, Darden does exceedingly well on the quality of the educational experience and the quality of our faculty. So the case um, experience is just a gr- you know great opportunity. It's one thing to read about it in a ranking or in our material, but to go and experience it yourself brings it to a whole different level, of, especially for those of us who had, didn't have case at the undergraduate level. So I'm really excited about the case events and also to sort of uh, showcase our faculty members. Our Dean Scott Beardsley will be at events coming up in Chicago and New York. There has been so much positive momentum at Darden since he came. Huge increases in the number of prestigious scholarships that are available new and expanded programs in Roslyn. Of course, Brett knows about that since he oversees those programs. 31 new faculty members, lots of program innovation. So um, I'm a big fan of our dean, having worked for nine business school deans, and it's, it's a lot of fun to be part of the positive momentum. So I think that gives prospective students an opportunity to hear about that and feel, feel that positive momentum that he has led. So Cheryl, um, 
so we talked a little bit about the, the case discussion, which I think is a good opportunity for people just to test drive mm-hmm. it, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. people are a little bit nervous, like, but you can just observe and you yeah. can choose to participate. You know, the faculty may do a little bit of cold calling, mm-hmm. but it's all, all very, very friendly. Um, but what about the uh, alumni reception part? Yeah. Um, getting to know alums, how do you encourage candidates to use that time? Yeah, you know, it's a great time for, for alums to come back and see each other and then have a chance to greet the prospective students. They were in their shoes several years ago. So they're going through this process, and there are a little nerves going on. They're not quite sure what questions to ask. But the alumni are there to support you, encourage you. And let me tell you, every Darden alum is happy to tell you their story with enthusiasm and gusto. I mean, they are always happy to talk about their learning team and the good old days at Darden. So utilize that time at the reception. Reach out to the alumni. They'll have name tags on with their class year. Um, that's a great time for networking with them, talking about, you know, ask them those questions. Why did they get an MBA? Why did they come to Darden? Tell me about your experience. Though That is a great networking time, so use it well. You also get to yeah. meet fellow prospective students, too. Yeah, right. uh, so yeah. you'll make some yeah. friends maybe oh, yeah. along this process. Yeah. yeah. Have it, Donna, um, any, any tips for uh, networking with alumni? Well, one of the things that I find to be really joyful about these joint alumni admissions receptions is that sometimes in the smaller events, you'll have alumni say a few words. And so, for example, at a couple events in New York, this happens all the time. Somebody will say, oh, Cheryl, she was in my study group and she was my maid of honor in my wedding. And, you know, Brett was my best man. And -and so-and-so is the godfather of my firstborn child. So you see the depth of the bonds. This happens all all the time. And I, I think that business school is an opportunity to expand your network, your friendships. It should be a joyful time. It's really just neat to see what the meaningful relationships that occur in addition to the great academic experience. I can also think of events that I have attended over the years where prospective students meet each other and end up in each other's weddings or end up, you know, being roommates and things. You just never know who you're going to, to meet. So just go in ready to put your hand out and introduce yourself. And if you meet some people that you connect with, whether they're alumni or prospective students, share cards. If you're both in New York, go grab some coffee, follow up um, with, with some of the other prospective students or alumni. So um, one of the questions that we get this time of year people are working on their application is round one versus round two, right? You, you, know, we talk, you talked about it a little bit earlier, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the difference between applying round one, round two? If I'm stuck between the two rounds wondering which one, how do I, yeah. how do I think through that? Yeah, and we get that question quite often. Um, you know, most important thing I tell people is be ready. You know, make sure your application is ready, your test scores are where they you want them to be, that you've interacted with, you know, ambassadors from the school, either students or alumni. Um, so be ready. Um, really, there are no differences. Um, I do, though, encourage people, you know, if you think you're ready for round one, submit it. Go ahead and put your name in there. Um, but, you know, either round is the same. I say every seat is available earlier than later. So, you know, I would encourage you to, you know, take that step. Take a chance. 
you get an answer sooner. You do. You Before Christmas. It could be a good Christmas present. <laughs> and you certainly start planning, you know, yeah. thinking about all these kinds yeah. of things. How about you, Donna? Round one versus round two, how do you encourage candidates to think? I, I agree with everything Cheryl yeah. said. Just, you know, if you really feel like, you know, my instincts tell me I should take the test again, then go with that. Mm-hmm. Or I'm just so stressed out and I can't do a good job with these essays. Nothing wrong with postponing it. But if you can... Um, submit earlier. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit easier to stand out earlier in the process, but we do have some mechanisms me- mechanisms in place. So we're, uh, the rounds aren't too lopsided in terms of, you know, making too many offers earlier so that it's at a, people who apply later are at a disadvantage. I don't think there's a huge difference between round one and two. It's in round three. We do have a round three. We do admit people in round three, but I think you see a bigger difference between round one and two and round three when more spaces are taken. So I would encourage you to shoot for one or two and try to avoid three. But again, we we have made offers of admission in round three, for, for, you know, for as long as we've had it. Yeah, I always tell prospective students round one, round two, easily our most popular deadlines. Yeah. Uh, most candidates will apply in either of those rounds. We had early action now for a couple of years, um, and it's been a popular deadline, too. So uh, and to your earlier comment about momentum, it feels like there's a lot of positivity around the school, a lot of excitement. and. We are recording this, should note, on a showcase uh, day here. It's yeah. great having some prospective students <laughs> in Charlotte. Lots of energy at the school today. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, also a GMO conference mm-hmm. going on right now. Yep. So career interest on display as well. Um, so some of our prospective students may be less familiar with Charlottesville. Um, and one of the things that we oftentimes will talk uh, with guests on the podcast about is, you know, what do they like about Charlottesville? Um, what would, what should they do here? You know, someone comes for an interview. They got a little bit of time here. Mm-hmm. You've both been in Charlottesville for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheryl, let's start with you. What oh would- my goodness, I could talk about Charlottesville all day long. Um, I've lived here a long, t- many many years. Um, have really enjoyed the community here. There is very much a community feel here. Um, we are a university city, so there are lots of advantages uh, within the university for the arts, for music, for sports, for all sorts of things. But we offer really great restaurants here, very diverse restaurants, um, the vineyards, the breweries, the music scene, the arts. Um, so there are so many things. There are many more options here than you can maybe get to. Um, also, you know, Monticello is here. That's a, a, a very historic destination. Um, so I think, you know, come to Charlottesville, get to know our city. Um, it's lovely. It's affordable. It's clean. It's safe. Um, I, I love all the aspects of Charlottesville. How about you, Donna? Well, I think if I didn't work for Darden, I'd like to work for the Charlottesville Department of Tourism because I, like Cheryl, am pretty wild about Charlottesville. I think it says something. Cheryl moved away from Charlottesville twice and came back. I moved away once for 11 years and and came back. And Charlottesville has a tendency to do that. You beat people around town who left and end up gravitating back here. Um, I love the blend of both worlds. It's so scenic in the area. If you want to have, you know, some time in nature or the country, 
it surrounds us, the Blue Ridge Parkway, Shenandoah National Park, um, so many hiking trails. I love the downtown mall and the vibrancy of the downtown mall, all the local shops, Fridays after five. I love that at the John Paul Jones Arena, there are real concerts. I came from a very small town of 10,000 up in New Hampshire, so I'm still sort of a kid in a candy store when it comes to all the restaurant options and the, the concerts that come to Charlottesville. Um, there is a newspaper that comes out once a week called Seville Weekly, and I literally stop at this gas station on the way home every Thursday and pick it up to see what What's going on um, in the next the following week? Because there's there's so much going on, you have to make choices, you know, mm-hmm. about what your priorities are. Because of UVA, like Cheryl said, I mean, so many guest speakers. The Miller Center just had Bill Clinton here, Madeline Albright. There are lots of opportunities to go to various conferences. Um, the Center for Contemplative Science at UVA offers free yoga and qijong and tai chi in the dean's garden. <laughs> I mean, um, it's it's. I just I, I really really love living here. There's really. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and mm-hmm. on. Like, you can't possibly do all the things that there are to do here. And Cheryl goes to a lot of sporting events. Yeah, I'm a huge UVA football, basketball, baseball, you name it. Sports fan, UVA. UVA football. Yes. Three and oh. Yes. It's amazing. I know. Yeah. I think we're we're coming into our own. You know, the coach has really built a program. They're committed. They're excited. We're doing it. Go it's ahead. awesome. There was this really great story on the subject of sports at UVA this week. Our basketball coach who led the team to the NCAA championship, Tony Bennett, last year. There was um, an article saying that he was offered a pay increase and turned it down to refunnel that money into his staff and team. And so there's a Paramount Theater um, on the downtown mall in Charlottesville with this beautiful marquee. And it said Tony Bennett for president. I mean, people, he's definitely a local celebrity. And oh, yeah. I think a really good role model um, yeah. for our undergrads, too. Let's talk about community real sure. quick. So we talked about the educational experience, which in my mind encompasses uh, the feeling of community here. I think every business school talks about community. Very few are going to say, oh, we don't have a sense of community here. I think our feeling is it perhaps feels different here uh, at Darden because of the way that students learn, the case method and all the social interaction. I'm curious about your thoughts. You know, If you were to describe community here, help someone who's listening to the podcast understand what it's about, where, where, where do you start? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it starts from even before you start Darden, the, the interactions you will have with Darden administration during the summer or even during your application process. I think it starts at the beginning. Um, and then once you get here, you're going to be in a very caring and supportive environment. Um, you know, you're going to meet a lot of students. You're going to get to know each other really well. You get to know the faculty. Um, faculty come invite you to their home for dinner, um, you know, through Darden Cup activities, faculty involved in that as well. So the community feel is right. It, it just feels like you belong, that you're not just a number. You have a name. You have a voice. Um, and that you're part of something that's bigger. And uh, I think that the students love this community. It's something that really stands out. I think it it's something that, you know, we like to highlight is that we have a really strong community here. It's close-knit. People really network with each other. They bond. They form these relationships that last their lifetime. Donna? 
Um, well, I would say just in general, I'm reading more and more about longitudinal studies on happiness. And what comes out of all of these studies is a quality of your relationships is the, the factor that most equates with your happiness. And I think that people are drawn to Darden who work here who are relationship builders and community builders. Um, one of the things I've done to try to contribute to the com community is I've had the first year student admissions committee over for pumpkin pancake brunch at my house, the second year students over for brunch. I had a holiday brunch for students. We had um, an Easter brunch for all, people of all denominations and an Easter egg hunt. So it's kind of fun. Um, when I started here I was 27 and at the age of the students and now I'm old enough to be their mom so I've, I kind of <laughs> like embracing the students that we interact with in, in, in that way um, I think that the size and scope of the program is more amenable to community building. The entering class size for the full-time program was 336. I think it is more conducive to authentically building a community perhaps than a, than a larger program. A lot of the students live nearby in Ivy Gardens or Huntington Village or the Pavilion. So the proximity around Darden is so close. And I think that also contributes to the sense of community. I think in the admissions process, we are looking at interpersonal skills, communication skills, people who are respectful, people who are relationship oriented, who are community builders. So I think the community can happen more naturally if we're looking for people who are also going to contribute and foster that. Um, but it is a really lovely aspect of the Darden experience. Yeah, Charlottesville plays a role, right? Everybody is here. Um, you know, most people are not coming to Charlottesville with a ton of relationships already formed with people in the area, right? Um, maybe if you live in New York or Chicago, you already have a social life independent of the school. But you come here. Uh, you're here. Everybody's new here. Um, the school then becomes the focus of both your academic life as well as your social life. And, Donna, your point about where people live is, is a really good one. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time that Darden, functionally, is really kind of like a residential school because yeah, right. yeah. everybody, at least in that first year, lives within mm -hmm. walking yeah, seemingly that's right. within walking distance of the school. Right. And the University of Virginia does own Ivy Gardens now. Um, but it is. It's just a hop, skip, and a jump. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have an 8 o'clock class, you can easily you know wake up at 7.30, grab some coffee, and be here and mm -hmm. you know... You could probably even sleep until 740 if you want. We're going to push it, but it's it's very close. Bye. Yeah, it's a great point about just quality of life and yeah. things to yeah. think about. I mean, one of the things that really impressed me when I first came to Darden was the fact that they have the fact that we have one one year reunions. Mm -hmm. So people have just graduated and a year later. Yeah. They want to come back right. to Charlottesville. And yeah. I've said it a couple times on the podcast with, with some of the current students, but one of the things that I really enjoy about the admissions process is when you talk with prospective students, one of the things that they oftentimes will have questions about is Charlottesville. What's it like? Mm -hmm. You know, what's, the, what's there to do there? And one of the things that invariably our alumni miss the most is Char right. Charlottesville. Yeah. So that progression from I have questions to like, I can't wait to get back. And, right. and that's yeah. both the Darden story, but it's also a Charlottesville story. Yeah, and many of the alums, you know, want to come back to see their classmates, but they also want to hit their favorite restaurant or go for a hike uh, somewhere on the Blue Ridge. You know, they're, they're so happy to come back to Charlottesville. Many of them want to come, actually want to stay a third year at Darden. Yeah. Um, and, and spend one more year at, in Charlottesville, or they eventually want to come back and, and start a business or, you know, work remotely, live in Charlottesville. So. 
So what are you looking forward to in the, in the coming months? I mean, every year is every year is new. We've had some real admissions highlights yeah. uh, this past year, so 40% women. Yeah, uh, we're really excited about that. It's great. Um, so when you think about you know the months ahead, what, what are you looking forward to, Donna? I think um, one of the best aspects of our jobs is making offer calls, oh. and we are um, a couple weeks away from calling people from early action to let them know, you know, the good news about admission and in some cases scholarships. So um, being in the midst of making final decisions about candidates and being really excited about how the class is already shaping up, I'm, I'm looking forward to making those calls in early mm-hmm. October. Yeah, absolutely. Those That's like one of my favorite parts of my job. And I get excited that morning when we're getting ready to come in and make offers. Yeah, so for those of you who may be wondering how our process works, we do release decisions electronically, right? So via email, you'll get a notification that says your status has been updated. But if you're admitted, we'll call in advance of that electronic notification. We'll say sometimes people get nervous because the chat boards start lighting up with, hey, did you get your call? I got a call, that sort of thing. Be patient. It takes a little while to get, get, get through, through yeah, all get through the, the calls. Um, but it's a great point about the offer calls. I think, you know, to your earlier point, we all got into this because of people mm-hmm. um, and you know, getting to know students. And many of the people who apply, we've interacted at a, with at an event, had a phone conversation with, a coffee chat. Um, there's so many different ways to engage with us. Um, so any, any last pointers here while I have both of you... Uh, experienced admissions folks here here on the podcast um you know as as you think about you know candidate working on the application any last thing they should think about i mean i I always give this tip you know just once you've completed your application give it to someone to proofread and just take a second look you've worked on it and you've read it and what seems clear to you might not seem clear to someone else so I would say have someone take a second look um, and, you know, just find, you know, make sure that everything adds up, dates, places, names, no typos, you know, things like that. But I think that, you know, just fine tooth comb, look through it before you hit the submit button and then be happy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I would just close with I'm really proud of how respectful our process is to people who have we put so much effort into completing the application, paying the application fee, going to events, taking the GMAT and GRE. We have a variety of very experienced people who read each application thoroughly. It's a real joy to read them. Um, I would love to give a shout out to my colleague here, Cheryl, because we do have a very robust waitlist process. So hopefully you'll apply and get good news. Um, sometimes we put candidates on a wait list, and I have been hearing such amazing feedback from people who are reapplying this year. So they applied maybe a year ago or two years ago and got waitlisted, and it didn't work out. But we love our reapplicants too, and Cheryl is the person who works with our domestic waiting list to give them feedback and coaching. And uh, somebody described her to me as an angel the other day. Um, so just know that at a lot of business schools, people do do reapply. Um, and it's not the worst thing, you know, in the world. But just know that, you know, we're excited to read your application and meet you. And we, we really do put a lot of thought into these decisions and try to give feedback uh, on what you can do to be more competitive in the future. 
I really appreciate how transparent the team is. So this podcast is a good example of mm-hmm. this. But we have a ton of resources on the <clears throat> Discover Darden blog about essentially every part of our application. So if you're out there listening to this and wondering about advice for the short answer questions or recommendations or resumes, that's a good place to start. Donna, you've also done a number of application tips videos. Right. Those are all out there on YouTube. You can watch all of them in a playlist. Encourage you to run through those. Wouldn't take more than 30 minutes or so, maybe even less than that. Uh, lots of good advice. Um, I particularly enjoyed your tips about the essay and how to use your resume. Yeah. Um, I, I thought you had some really, really good insights, particularly about how to highlight leadership, global experience, right. and bring some personality to your to your resume. Yeah, I like the resume video, too, because mm-hmm. I think that is an overlooked aspect of the process and something that I, I look at a lot just to, you know, begin an application and get the big picture and um, see what people emphasize. So I, I, I think that's one of the better videos. Yeah, I also encourage you to consider scheduling a conversation. So we offer mm-hmm. short conversations uh, with members of the admissions committee. Uh, we'll have some availability prior to October 4, prior to that round one deadline. A great way to ask any last questions you might have. I encourage you to reach out to current students. We have a brand new web page uh, where you can contact a student. It's a it's an updated yeah. page. It, it existed before, but it's been revamped and, and launched again. So uh, check that out. Reach out to clubs and organizations as you continue to learn. Uh, as Cheryl mentioned, uh, YMBA, but also mm-hmm. Y Darden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so come to one of these events. We've got a few more showcases upcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're invited invited for an interview, apply round one, you're invited for an interview, make the most of your day in Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you both. I know how busy you, you both are. What a treat it is to have you here on the podcast. Thank you awesome. so much for hosting it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And thanks f- to those of you who are listening. Yeah. And Thank a, you, Brett. And a little spoiler alert. Uh, stay tuned. Cheryl will be coming back <laughs> later this season uh, to talk a little bit about the work that she does with military candidates uh, with a member from Great. the Darden Military Association. Absolutely. So looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Thank you. And that was my conversation with Donna Clark and Cheryl Jones. Of course, if you're working on a round one application, good luck. And we look forward to receiving your application. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the Experience Darden podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at darden at virginia.edu. Until next time, thanks for listening.